Ooh. Welcome back, sports fans, to another episode of the Charity Stripe Podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one sports podcast network in Los Angeles. For those listening at home, on the road, in the air, or in the water, do you believe? We have a great show for you guys today. We are covering UFC 253, and we are joined by two very special returning guests to give us their picks. So buckle up, tuck it into your waistband, because here we go. Three, two, one. We're back. We sitting here. I supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. Clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History final. Back. Gives it to Jenkins for the championship. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Bases loaded. Two out. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Strive. Pitch your free throws because they're free. So 276 coming hot at you guys in so 275. And I'm joined on this one by Alex Tossman, the Arctosopolis, Nikki Snacks Kreider, and the two special guests, Jonah Farrow and Max Shiner, our resident UFC experts. They are here to give their picks and analysis on UFC 253. Before we get into that, the wait is finally over. Football's back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Seriously, I've checked. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of the full great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Bet responsibly, especially at the online casino. Don't be me. Speaking of not being me, we're going to talk about some seriously ripped and in-shape badass fighters uh, on this awesome show. UFC 253 got an excellent main event. And here is some great analysis and banter from the boys and their special guests. Without further ado, enjoy. We brought some guys back, some UFC, our UFC experts, our boys, our friends, Max Shiner, Jonah Farrow joining us. They were on separate calls last time, but now we've brought them together. And interestingly, interestingly so, because in separate conversations, from what I've perceived, they are on different sides of the coin. UFC 253. Now, we're not as big of fans as you guys. We do watch and we do love the sport. From the outside looking in, it's the casual fan. This is one of the most hyped matchups I've seen in the sport so I would love for you guys to kind of speak before we get into the picks here uh Max we'll start with you what does this fight mean for UFC why is it so big and why is the build-up why is the build-up happened first and foremost Josh thank you for having me back on um incredibly excited for this weekend's card I think 
one reason why this fight is going to be so big is the fact that these two guys have been matched up to fight for about two years now. Israel Adesanya slowly made his ranks and become the middleweight champion in the UFC. And Paulo Costa, um, in his own right, has also worked his way up, knocking off Johnny Hendricks, Uriah Hall, Yoel Romero most recently. I'm excited. It's a clash of two absolutely different skill sets and really looking forward to this one. Yeah. Jonah, what does this fight mean to you as a fan? And in your opinion, what's it mean for UFC? Yeah. And also, thanks again for having me on, guys. Um, happy to be back. Um, I mean, this fight is is big because we have two undefeated fighters, right? Anytime you have guys that are established in the division going off for the title, one's going to get you know on the other side of the scorecard for the first time. It's obviously a big moment. Uh, two guys that fight completely different from completely different backgrounds um, and are both huge names have had huge moments in the sport. Um, they're you know they're pretty big as well in terms of their personal brand. Um, you know they're well known fighters around the globe so yeah just a big opportunity for both i think adesanya hasn't had that major test yet as champion uh and i think costa hasn't had you know romero was a big fight it was a three-round fight so you know we have him going into his first five-round bout so yeah just a massive moment for the ufc um doing great still and they have a you know back on fight island as well so just a big big fight coming up and these two hate each other it the 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 shit talk is at an all-time high and i know uh max you love the term and you utilize it heavily in college the chirp um and you said it's been building up for two years but where does this where does it come from like why I, i'm like all of a sudden these two like i know they're supposed to fight you're saying they're supposed to fight but where and why and is it kind of like a yeah, little so facade or is it like legit so I think there is legitimate beef, but I think primarily it's two guys who are at such an elite level who for enough time have known that they're going to reach the pinnacle of their division. And it was really just a matter of time until they faced off. Adesanya has come out and said that he believes he's going to fight Costa multiple times. He does not think this is a, a, a one-time affair. But I think more than there being legitimate beef or the guys not liking each other, I think there's such a level of respect between the two knowing that they're such good fighters and that they're really the two best uh, middleweights on the planet right now. So really excited to see if emotion plays a factor in either of their game plans, especially early. And yeah, how the the beef or the, the mutual respect they have uh, plays out on Saturday night. Mm -hmm. And now, Jonah, for the sport, these are the two best middleweights in the world right now, right? So there's no guy. Is there another guy in the mix or is it really just these two? And if it is just these two, what no, is this division? This division's definitely on the, the come up. For is sure. it okay? Yeah, you have you have a lot of good fighters. I'm going to pull them the, the rankings just so I don't forget anyone real quick. But one of my favorite fighters in the middleweight division is Jack Hermanson. Um, he just had a massive submission win the first round over Kelvin Gastelum. Uh, I think he's definitely in the mix. But no, these two are the cream of the crop of the group. Obviously, you have Romero and Whitaker. Whitaker just had a massive knockout of Dar or sorry, massive um, decision win over Darren Till uh, in a main event recently. But, you know, these guys are the cream of the crop. Going back to the, the shit talking, uh, I don't know if it was allowed to curse, but sorry. Um, <laughs> you do it all the time. Say whatever the fuck you want. Watch your fucking mouth. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, no, it's just um, uh, Costa is a very eccentric guy. Um, you know, he brings that, that big energy um, for a big hulking guy. You know, he, he has some flair to him, so... I think that he wanted to make this kind of a, a mental game, uh, you know, make 
make Adesanya fight angry. If you know Adesanya and, and you see him, he fights very patiently. Yeah, he's a very cool-headed guy in the in the octagon. But if you try and rile him up, he can make mistakes, and that's what he's kind of built his bread and butter on <laughs> is not making mistakes and not getting caught. So that's going to be massive. And and I think if by you know maybe bringing some anger to him, some hatred, he might make a mistake, and that's an opportunity. So I think he's actually playing. Uh, the right chess pieces here with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the middleweight division's very strong, up and coming, a lot of good guys. I mean, we had um, Hazmat Shemaev actually just fought at middleweight this past My week. My favorite so, fighter. Who knows yeah. where he's going to end up, but... Probably a 170, probably a welterweight. But... Probably a welterweight, but hey, he's a guy that'll fight anyone at any time. So if someone falls out, you know, he'll he'll go take that fight. So yeah, there's a lot of talent, very deep, and... Uh, is, yeah, it's very exciting to see how this kind of sets up the middleweight division for the next five years. Is that why you're rocking the chin strap, Max, to sport him? I see that. I see it coming. <laughs> I see it coming in, dude. I'll pay you 30 it's, bucks if you grow it out like that. <laughs> it's the four weeks of uh, workday training uh, chin strap you got going, going right now. But, Jonah, just one thing to your point there about Costa fighting with energy. Um, Israel Adesanya, the last style bender, uh, might be the most eccentric, electric, a crowd-pleasing fighter in the UFC, and it not necessarily happens within the octagon. He does have some crazy knockouts, but this is a guy uh, on his way out to fight Robert Whitaker for the middleweight championship of the world in front of 65,000 people in Marvel Stadium in Melbourne, Australia. And this guy throws on a choreographed dance like you've never seen with four of his best friends from high school leading him on. And for a guy who has all every aspiration to be a champion, coming down to the line on that night against Robert Whitaker, he came out and threw a, a crazy dance uh, on his way out to the cage. So I don't think there's a moment that's too big for Adesanya. And that's, uh, yeah, as we'll see a little bit later, why I think he's going to take Costa down. Okay. So let's, let's get into or brimming to the top. I, at the very surface level, we'll start with you, Jonah. I would love to know who you got here. Uh, then we'll kick it to Max, and then let's go a little back and forth why and start discussing some of the weaknesses in either fighter and strengths. Absolutely. Well, I love Adesanya. I said last time I was on with you guys, I think there's a chance he ends his career undefeated. I think he's that good. But but I think there is a chance for him to get caught in this fight. Um, you know, Romero was a little bit passive with him last time, and I don't think he took the fight to him. Um, but we know that Costa is going to do that. He is not going to sit back and let Adesanya fight him from range the entire time, you know, with his jabs, with his kicks. Um, with his movement skills. That's the difference between fighting Romero and fighting Costa. Costa has way better movement skills than Romero. While they're similar size guys, obviously both massive for the division, um, you know, Costa has that movement skills. Gun to my head, I would probably say Adesanya is going to win, but I would not encourage, you know, large wagering uh, on this fight personally on Adesanya. I think this is more closer to a pick than it is being priced right now. Uh, I think Adesanya is close to being a two to one favorite. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of elements to it, but um, you know, I think Adesanya, if this is going to be a five round, you know, kind of slow fight like the Romero one, it's obviously going to favor Adesanya, but if Costa can take the fight to him, hurt him, hit him because against Gastelum, Gastelum had a number of shots on him um, and he's a way smaller guy, obviously has great knockout power, but. Uh, he, he's he's not going to be accustomed to the pressure of having a big guy on him like Costa. 
Yeah, there are. And before before Max gets into it, uh, just want to let people know that the odds right now are plus one forty for Costa and minus one eighty for Adesanya. So just throw that out there. Fairly close. I mean, I feel like we saw in Volkanovski and Holloway. I think Holloway was a massive underdog. What was he like plus two something at one point? And that came down to the wire. No, completely different division, completely different fighters. But it, it just looking at the two. Just from an appearance standpoint, one of them is like a boulder and the other one is like a tree, which is just yeah. such an interesting thing to look at. Max, what do you what do you got? There's one interesting thing to that note. Um, Adesanya is actually the taller and the longer fighter in this matchup. So as much as Costa is the meaner looking, the the more built up uh, character, Adesanya still is a bigger guy in this matchup. Um, and Jonah, I. Uh, I definitely really enjoy uh, your takes thus far on it. And I think it's going to be a really interesting fight. I was actually at the uh, the last Adesanya fight, his fight against Yoel Romero, which definitely was a snooze fest, but I was lucky enough to see the Joanna Whaley fight uh, right before, which is probably going to be the fight of the year. Um, this is going to be an absolute battle. Um, I'm nervous as an Adesanya guy. I'm, I'm taking Adesanya. It's my guy. It's the guy who I think is really going to catapult the UFC. Um, as it already has on the ESPN deal, but even to higher highs. Um, Costa's a guy who early on in the fight is definitely going to try and get Adesanya uh, a little bit off. And I think he's going to come with a lot of pressure and try and corner him um, to different sides of the octagon. With that being said, we have seen Paulo Costa in his previous fights begin to lose a little bit of his energy as he goes forward um, within the fights and as the rounds pick up. Um, he's a guy who is going to be incredibly high energy from the get-go. And in a five-round fight and in a title fight um, happening on Fight Island, I think there's a little bit of um, uncertainty in terms of how Costa is going to last for rounds three, four, and five. Um, for Adesanya, I mean, first and foremost, he's got to get out of the first round or two. Um, Costa's a guy who has a lot of very early finishes. And um, if Adesanya has a chance to counter, I think he could put him away early in the fight. But um, this is going to be a battle. I would not be surprised if this did go five rounds. I do see uh, Costa maybe conserving a little bit more energy early in the fight, but uh, Costa KO early, um, whether it be a round one, round two, uh, definitely could be a value play, but I really think Adesanya with his championship prowess and the level of opponents he's faced thus far is going to get this done on Saturday. Okay, so you both are on Adesanya. Wearily, but you're both on Adesanya. What would really have to trainers touch I think the difference between the two of us here is I think I'm a little bit more optimistic about Paulo Costa being able to last in this fight with his gas tank. He hasn't fought five rounds, but he looks like he's in the best shape of his career. He's had a year to prepare for this fight. And I think he will have a formulated game, game plan to make this last if it needs to. But I think he offers that value for the early finish, which I just would be very surprised if Adesanya can take him out early. I know he's got power and his right hand is counter right. But um, yeah, he's, uh, I just, I think that's the one element which makes me a little bit more cautious on this one, where you know that there's one guy that can really put the sway early. And the other, I am not very sure. So. That's kind of where I think we differ. And as an Adesanya loyalist and really kind of my guy in the UFC, um, there definitely is a little bit of home cooking in my pick. But I think I, I, as an Adesanya fan, I'm as nervous as ever for this fight. Um, Kosa is arguably the scariest guy in the UFC right now. And yeah. there's a lot of uncertainty in terms of how he's going to do in, in on the big stage. Um, we haven't seen it yet. I mean, the Romero fight was a crazy fight. Um, a lot of shots go, uh, going back and forth. 
I think in a fight of that sense, um, Adesanya will have the ability to get him out of there uh, later in the fight. But yeah, I mean, this is going to be a battle. Really excited for this one. Um, Adesanya is the most technical striker probably in the UFC, and Costa may have the most power and, and the most danger. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's going to be a stand-up battle, and can't wait. I think as fans, we always get weary about a fighter's biggest fight to date, right? I mean, you see a guy coming into a fight like this, and he's never been on a stage this big. I mean, he's he's been in the limelight. He, he holds the, the, the belt, but, I mean, this could be the toughest opponent he's ever faced. So I think that's why everyone's so weary, correct? Yeah. Yes, but I think also the power and the way that Costa approaches fights and the way he's finished Johnny Hendricks, Uriah Hall, and the way that he fought Romero, we have not seen a fight like that that Adesanya has had besides the Gasolin fight where he really just turned it up in the fifth round. But for Adesanya also, the Whitaker knockout was electric and it was really cementing his place as champion. But this past Romero fight, um, albeit Romero really didn't bring the fight to him, this is kind of Adesanya's first test uh, in defending the belt as well. Absolutely. I think it's it's a lot to do with the lack of adversity either guy has faced recently. Uh, I can't go back to Costa's early fights, his, his first one or two, but I mean, he's been finishing everyone left and right. The Romero fight was over a year ago. You know, you have Adesanya, who besides the Gaslam fight hasn't really been challenged. So when you're kind of evaluating a five-round fight like this with either guy not really kind of obviously they're both undefeated so they've never lost but have never really faced big time adversity in a big fight like this it's tough to kind of get a read on it when especially when their fighting styles are so different you haven't seen either guy go into a fight of this magnitude against somebody like this so it's it's a challenging read and you know i think adesanya is definitely the safe pick but costa like i said earlier offers that early knockout element that i would be very surprised about it adesanya can bring so it, from just from like listening, it sounds like if I'm going to make a value play, although you, you, everyone's tiptoeing around it, the value pick if I'm a bet if I'm a betting man and looking to get weird on Saturday night, it's Costa weirder exact Costa early knockout sounds like plus one forty. What's the knockout? Oh, early yeah. knockout, yeah. That sounds like inside the distance. That sounds like the crazy pick right there. And what would have to, what legitimately like logistically in the fight would have to go wrong? For, for Adesanya for that to be a situation? Like, what would he as a fighter have to do so poorly that we're in a situation where Costa can knock him out in the first two rounds? The thing is, Adesanya's been so good thus far that we shouldn't discredit how good Costa is, too. It would not surprise me if Costa knocked him out in the first round. I mean, it would surprise me in terms of Adesanya's never been knocked out, early finish, five-round title fight, but Costa's right there with him. Um, I think the real key in this, this fight is going to be can Adesanya stay on the outside? And when I say that, we're watching the fight on Saturday. Costa's going to be bringing a lot of forward pressure and really try and push Adesanya against the cage. Because from that, from that, from those type of angles, Costa has an ability to cut Adesanya off from going, uh, moving laterally. And so Adesanya is at his best when he's moving and he's flowing and he's able to throw those feints. If Costa can corner him and land a, one or two big shots on Adesanya, maybe rattle him a little bit. Um, this could be an early finish, but if Adesanya is able to to really kind of retain control in the middle of the octagon like he did against Romero and to stay on the outside and pick away Acosta, this is going to be a five-round uh, decision or a late finish by Adesanya. And that's exactly what I was going to say. It's, you know, his best chance is getting him on his back foot. Adesanya's movement is probably the best for out of the traditional strikers we have in the UFC. So 
Yeah, he's got to he's got to maintain good position in the octagon. If he's on his back foot, Costa will be able to throw strikes at him. He can't use his length. His best attribute is his length, and he can't use his length when he's pressed up against the cage. So that's going to be the big thing, and to kind of talk about how maybe he can prevent that from happening. Uh, Adesanya's a world class kickboxer. If he's able to wear out his legs early, keep it at distance, land jabs, but you know, really take away some of Costa's movement, make him kind of be on the back foot as well that's how he can prevent that so that's that's the key and it's we're gonna know what that's gonna be like within what the first three four minutes yeah so, really early on exactly so you'll, you'll be able to kind of tell who who has the upper hand who's going to be fighting off their back foot and we'll be able to know that pretty early mm-hmm. how big of believers are you guys in bringing stuff that happens outside the ring into the fight so like motivations getting involved I feel like as sports fans, no matter if it's UFC or if it's anything else, there's always a good story. If there's a good story involved, right? Something happens that that's good for a guy going into your fantasy week and he has a kid that week, you want to play him, right? And there's been a lot of controversial comments that Adesanya has made in response to Covington's comments that he, that he made after winning. Um, do you think that that holds any weight, any value into motivations? Well, I think Izzy's a leader in the UFC. I mean, He's rightfully on the cover of the newest uh, UFC video game, UFC 4, along with Jorge Masvidal. He is not afraid ever to speak his mind. I think even another variable as well, on top of the the rebuttal to the Covington comments, is uh, Adesanya just signed a deal with Puma. Uh, He's the first UFC fighter to have a legitimate sneaker apparel deal. So that's huge, not only in terms of Adesanya's brand, but where the UFC kind of goes from here as well. Um, But no, I mean... Izzy has been calling for this fight for two years, and Izzy's a guy who's incredibly calculated, not only in the cage, but outside of the cage. And he's not afraid to say things that he is confident in. And what I mean by that is, I think Izzy's been mentally ready to go for this fight for about two years. And I think that he is not scared of Costa. He knows the beast that's in front of him. But I'm curious to see how that plays out with Costa's improvement as well in the cage. Yeah, and I think I think there's times where the outside stuff makes the fight bigger than the fighter. But I think for both of these guys, they're they're two of the top, you know, perfect. You know, it's weird to say, but they're professionals, right? They're so dedicated to their craft. They're so obsessed with being the best that I just can't see any of these outside factors, uh, especially for Adesanya affecting him. And uh, Costa's had a year to prepare for this, so you know, I'm sure there might be some jitters for him. But I think the second he's he kind of lands his first shot he's going to be ready to go so i think there are times and you know we've seen fights where that plays a factor i mean you bring up colby Covington. i mean his fight against kamara usman he he made it about the beef instead of about the fight and i think that hurt him at the end of the day so i think for these two it's kind of a not going to affect either of them but you know there are times where that definitely plays a factor yeah, from the outside looking in, it seems like they're both keen on talking the talk when it's appropriate. Right. But when it is time to walk the walk, they're going to go in there and, and do their thing and not worry about what's been said in the war of the world, the war of the war- words. Yeah. Well, I think uh, uh, war of the war- world starring Tom Cruise. <laughs> Tom Tom Cruise. Costa was uh, he was quoted he was quoted saying no. that when he um, when he ran into Adesanya like after the video conferences and they actually got to talk to each other, that it was a lot less hostile. Um, and it was really like out of a, a more respectful kind of uh, communication, which is, which is really interesting when I like, I'm thinking about that. I'm like, is it, is it harder? Like, is it scarier and more antagonizing for an opponent to be 
always super confrontational. And then when I meet him again, still confrontational or to be confrontational on the front end. And then when I meet him, he's just, he's quiet and he's ready and he's, and he, and you can, and you know that he's saving it for the, for the fight. Something that's really interesting. I also, I was just thinking about this. I would love to see how many guys have called their shot in a fight and it's been right. Like I would love to see the full stat breakdown. Yeah. It'd be really interesting. That is cool. Hamzat. He, he's been calling his shots every time, this guy. Every 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 time. He's like he's horrifying looking, too. Like, what's with the – in uh, Habib, I want to get you guys on the future fights, but Habib's got the chin strap, too. I mean, these guys, like, don't give a shit how they look. They're it's just... like a Chechen thing. It's like a it's like a, like a Muslim Chechen thing. It's, it's, it's an interesting look. It's so intimidating. Um, fill in this blank for me. We'll start with you, Jonah. It would be better for the sport if blank won. Yeah, I'm going to go back to what China said. I think Adesanya is a rising star. I think, you know, like I said earlier, he's he is the one who has potential to go undefeated for his career. When you rely on knockouts like Costa, you know, you're going to lose at some point. Yeah. Uh, you need to be able to grind out fights and fight different styles, you know, different style fighters. I think Adesanya has proved he's adaptable to fighting anybody. He's a, he's a rising star. He's He's young. And, you know, I think that, He's the guy that they're they're relying on, um, but I don't think Costa. You know, I don't think it would be bad, and I think if Costa wins, Adesanya would get a rematch. So I think there's kind of both sides of the coin. Um, you know, they'll be able to promote this this fight again, or and you know maybe they're one of their top stars will lose a little bit of stock. But um, I think ideally it would be Adesanya to you know continue his reign at the top. Max. Yeah, and uh, why it would be great for Kosa in this fight. Um, I think it would throw a wrinkle in the uh, uh, the grand plan. I mean, the odds definitely are favoring the champion and every right to give him that. But Kosa's a guy who's a killer, and he's someone who is just going to go through his opponents. I think it would definitely propel his likeness within the UFC. I mean, I know he's definitely very much thought of um, in terms of with the other fighters and with the commentators and with the analysts, but from broader perspective and for some of the non-fans in MMA, um, he would be the number one star. I mean, this is a guy who has every um, ability and technicality as a fighter to be a superstar. Um, he's got the knockout power. He's got the the crazy body of like a bodybuilder or a, like it looks to me like a middle linebacker in the NFL. Um, and he's a Brazilian guy too. Who's going to, um, just uh, with the language barrier, there might be a little bit of uh, some fireworks as well. So, yeah, I think just the simulation would say that Adesanya wins this fight and maybe they run it back, but Costa winning this fight would throw a definite wrinkle into the Dana's plans for the, the division moving forward. One thing I really appreciate about Costa, and I'm sure you guys may agree, is there is a language barrier, but he doesn't shy away from that. He's not a free, he's not like shy of going on the mic. He's down to stay in there and again, like fight. he's a just a fighter through and through, and so he's not afraid to get in jabs and and, and war of words uh, with anybody. And I really appreciate that because I think he does understand that being a star is more than just winning fights. It, there there is a lot that encompasses, and he sees Adesanya kind of go and do it. And he's a young guy. I mean, it's it's crazy. We spoke about this last time. I think some of us. It's not that young of a sport. A lot of the like we see Jan in the in the light heavyweight, he's thirty seven, right? Is is what's like your prime in a sense? They say around thirty, thirty two, but it really depends on 
your background. I mean, for Adesanya, the guy had 80 kickboxing fights, professional kickboxing fights, to the highest level, fought for championships, uh, 75 and five record. But it takes a lot of time because of how multi-layered MMA fighting is. You have the jiu-jitsu background guys. You have the wrestlers who are all Americans and D one national champions. Yeah. So both of these guys though are directly in their prime right now. Yeah, and I think I mean everyone, every fighter is different when it comes to their prime, right? I mean, you have Joel Romero is forty three years old, I and mean, he was he was really starting to have his breakthrough in his forties. And you have young guys like you know Cody Garbrandt who was the champion at age twenty four. It, it really just depends on what your background is. Um, you know, how, how you got your start and cause there's guys like Jan Blachowicz was, you know, a very impressive fighter overseas. He actually had a terrible start, uh, in the UFC. I think he lost two of his first three fights, uh, four in the UFC at one point. Four, yeah. yeah. And, you know, he's now riled off, I think seven of his last eight, uh, or, uh, seven of his last nine, something like that. And it just really depends. It's that's what makes it so intriguing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think that's. That's the, the age. It's it's how good you are. It, the age does not matter. Okay. Idea. Figured it so. Um, speaking of Jan, him and Dominic are also going out in the co-main event for the light heavyweight championship, which was vacated by my personal favorite fighter, and he always will be. And not even because he's Chandler Jones' brother. It's because, and I love Chandler Jones, but John Jones, to me, is the GOAT, and I love him. Vacated title. Would love to hear both your thoughts on what you guys think is going to happen with John Jones. What do you think about the light heavyweight fight? Are you excited for it? Is it going to be good? Who you got, Max? I'm stoked. Okay. I'm absolutely stoked. Um, Dom Reyes, college football player. Uh, I believe he made um, an NFL preseason roster. He's a big safety, kind of out of the uh, Cam Chancellor mold. Um, 6'4", built. Um, but no, I mean, Dom Reyes arguably beat John Jones in that fight in Houston in February. Um, obviously, Jones has gone uh, the last two fights a decision, so... You may be able to discount that a little bit, but Jan Blahovich just knocked out Corey Anderson, who I'm curious to hear Jonah's take on this. A win over Corey Anderson via knockout arguably might be the most impressive win right now in the UFC. Um, I know Anderson's out at Bellator, but one of the scariest fighters at light heavyweight or even on the roster. And Jan Blahovich is just a killer, and he's 38, and he's been there, done that. He's got all the skills, and can Reyes out athleticism, uses athleticism to uh yeah dominate Jan or can Jan get it done with all the skill sets yeah and absolutely no I'm, I'm very excited too I'm actually I've been a fan of Blovich for a little bit of time and it's it's an interesting matchup I mean uh you know they're just they're they're different they both can they both can hit but uh Blaschewitz is a little bit more um he isn't as quick on his feet but he's got massive power like you said that knockout over Corey Anderson was incredible he he lives off being an underdog you know i think every time you look uh at the odds blahovich will always be an underdog you know Mm -hmm. in his last last number of fights and i think he thrives off of that um and it should be a great fight i I think reyes definitely uh has a lot better qualities but again he's a guy that lives as an underdog has massive knockout power has a number of impressive wins and, and he's prepared for this so um, you know, he's definitely going to be the underdog here, but it, he just, he keeps making magic happen. I mean, Corey Anderson, uh, made a mistake and he, and he capitalized Luke Rockhold and that fight continued to make mistakes and, and he came out with a massive finish as well. So it should be interesting to see. I, it's sad not to see John Jones fighting here, but, um, it should be a good start to a kind of new time in the division. 
Yeah, and it's it I as much as I do love John Jones, it's always like the John Jones circus in that division. So while at the onset in the short term it may not be best for the sport that he's not there, long term it may be it may allow it to bloom a little bit, you know grow more flowers in the garden, so to speak, instead of one massive tree. Um, and shout out to Stony Brook, Long Island, where that's where Dominic Reyes played football. We used to go there for field trips and go do, go do like science-y things there. I think that was, I don't think that was the one I got. I think that may have been the one where I got in trouble, like serious trouble. I've made a really poor dis- I told, we went back to, I probably shouldn't share it on the podcast because it was wicked <laughs> and it was wicked inappropriate and like to be like the point where that that's like breaking the barrier, it just was no bueno and I was not allowed to you go. Just, any- you were just a shithead kid. I I, I was a shithead. I was a shithead kid, but this was after I was a shithead kid. I was like a senior in high school and I was like probably in my prime of like being a goody two shoes and just somewhere deep down I couldn't control myself and I pulled a bad prank and that was the end of me going on field trips. So we'll leave it at that. I won't divulge exactly. You're rooting for Yams. Uh, yeah, exactly. No, no, no. I, I'm rooting for the the Long Island guy. Um, there's some big fights coming up, though. Future fights: Ortega versus the Korean Zombie, which is the swaggiest name in sports. Uh, Moraes versus Sanhagen, and then Habib versus Gate. Which matchup are you guys most excited for of those three? But uh, Justin Gaethje is the boogeyman. I think that's how I would call him. Not afraid of anyone. Uh, another former football player, wrestler. Uh, up in northern Colorado, Habib, legend of the sport, 28-0, just looking to cement his legacy as the greatest. Great one. I mean, San Diego Marais, also great. I'm excited to see where Kamzat Shemaev gets uh, gets scheduled to fight next. They're saying Damian Maya. I think he runs through Damian Maya in the first round. Maybe give him a Neil Magny. Uh, looking to see where he goes. How long would it take for him to get a title shot, you guys think? Thought? Depends who they put him up against. I mean, if he gets a top five, top 10 guy uh, on his next fight, which definitely could happen. I mean, first fastest fighter to 3-0 and uh, ever. Um, he could be at a title shot in the next year, year and a half, if that. So the last time, last time I was on here, you guys were, we were kind of talking about how, uh, you know, the promotion, right? And they kind of control and can do and do what they want. And they, they have a plan for this guy. So... It's everyone's opportunity is different. I think they are prepared to shoot this guy up to the top. It, it could be as as little as two fights. I believe that his first chance will probably come as a replacement um, because he's yeah. always ready. Um, he wants to fight. Like, he would fight twice on one card if they offered that to him. Like this guy, yeah. is, his mindset is ridiculous. He's a, he's still he's young. young too. He's twenty six years old. I mean, like this guy can definitely take over being the face of UFC at some point. Yeah, absolutely. So. Who knows, honestly, but if, if I had to make a guess, I think it would be as a replacement, especially, you know, where we're at in the world right now. We've seen a lot of fights being dropped because of, you know, uh, COVID-19 precautions. So I think that would probably be his best chance. But I think he is pro- two, probably three uh, away from that. And just to go back to these, uh, the, the fights, I mean, I'm very excited that we're back on Fight Island every weekend with some great fights. I'm really excited for the Korean zombie fight versus Ortega. Uh, Ortega needs a bounce back win so badly. I mean, he was, he was the hottest fighter in, in the UFC at one point. And, you know, I think Holloway kind of took that away from him. Uh, and then he got injured. So, um, he's back ready to go. And the Korean zombie is on a crazy, uh, you know, knockout streak. I think he's got three in a row. Um, so yeah, really exciting, but obviously nothing is, uh, more exciting than 
Gaethje versus Khabib. Uh, this is Khabib's biggest test, in my opinion. He's fighting now, again, one of the hotter fighters. I mean, probably in the top three right now, who's, you know, just beat Tony Ferguson, absolutely annihilated him, who everyone was waiting for Ferguson to, you know, get a shot with Khabib. It's been canceled a hundred times. Um, and he made him look like a joke. So, so, and everyone thought that was his biggest test, but now he is a guy who, you know, has, you know, probably better skills at this point to, to take him down, has the power. He hasn't faced anyone with his power, uh, hasn't faced anyone with his wrestling background and his defense. So I think, you know, we're saying that this is one of the bigger fights to Adesanya and Casa, and I couldn't agree more, but I think as we get closer, you will be seeing this fight thrown in your face everywhere because it is an absolutely star-studded matchup with, you know, probably two of the bigger names on the, in the roster. So really exciting. Mm -hmm. H.E. the human highlight reel is his nickname, so. I like the boogeyman better. No the boogeyman was better, and you should tweet at him and figure it out. We'll, 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 we'll try to get it. wrestler? The guy who see worms on WWE? Oh yeah, exactly. Dude, you know I'm here for it. I got I was at a dinner last night at my sister's and we were watching the Laker game and after AEW wrestling came on and someone had asked me about it and I just got to geek out a little bit. I mean, Jonah, you could speak to it maybe. I don't know if you remember. I used to be a huge WWE kid when yeah. I was when I was younger. I was uh obsessed to say the least. That was that was my jam. Even though the boogeyman was super super gnarly. Um but yeah, those fights look to be great coming up. What's going to happen with John Jones? Is he going to go to heavyweight? Yeah, take this one. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea what Francis Francis better get the next title shot though. I mean, yeah, scariest guys in UFC. Yeah. Costa Francis. Um yeah, Francis deserves a title shot. But if money's not right or if they really want to propel John Jones, I think he's dug himself in such a hole with the promotion, albeit he probably is the greatest fighter um, this world's ever seen. His marketability now isn't nearly up to the standard of fighter he is. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think he's on the sidelines for a little bit, waiting out to see uh, where the heavyweight belt goes next. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's another year until we see him fight, I think. They're not just going to propel him over guys that, you know, I've been doing great for the promotion, the heavyweight division. Um, I think that most likely if, if Nganu uh, beats Stipe whenever they get paired, I think that's when we see John Jones, but I think that's another year to 14 to 18 months away from, from happening. And I appreciate that about the, the topic USC. of super fights right now. I mean, a John Jones, Francis Nganu fight would Thank probably God. be the biggest fight in the history of the UFC. That's, that'd be crazy. And I, but I appreciate that the UFC does a good job of doing this when they don't just propel guys. I mean, we saw, we do see sometimes with your boy Sean O'Malley, his star burned a little bright a little too quickly. Um, and that was because he was Yeah, it's kind of a fluke, though. He he's a colorful character. Yeah, it was a fluke, but he's a colorful character. And so we saw him, you know, get that push a little early. But they don't just throw guys in there kind of deal. Like boxing, like Mike Tyson could come back, and if it's going to make everybody money and they don't care who gets hurt or what happens, they'll throw him against Anthony Joshua. They'll do it. They will for sure do it. And Dana White— well, Boxing needs the money. <laughs> yeah, but Dana White does—true. Dana White does do a good job of, yeah, he can look at a fight like John Jones and Stipe and be like, wow, this is going to be a barn burner moneymaker. But he'd rather reward a guy like Francis— who's put in the time and put in the effort. And I just appreciate that about him. Yeah. Uh, cool. Gents. All right. 
Well, on that note, we appreciate everyone's picks. We'll go down the line one more time. Uh, Max, who you got in the co-main event and who you got in the main event? Just to close out. Main event, I got Dominic Reyes via decision. Okay. Main event, I got Israel Adesanya by decision. Um, a couple bets I'm looking at. Um, normally, Izzy and his camp, City Kickboxing, uh, they get a lot of guys on the same card. There's four guys from that uh, camp fighting on this card, so I already have a parlay in called the City Kickboxing Parlay. That would be <laughs> Shane Young, Brad Riddell, Kai Car France, Izzy Adesanya, Money Lines pays about four and a half to one. Wow. Look at that. Jo- Jones, love that. who you got? I love, I love that too. Uh, the co-main event, I have Dominic Reyes via decision. The main event... <laughs> I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna put my nuts on the table. I think I'm gonna say Paulo Costa via knockout round two. I, 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 I think I'm gonna do it. I, I just the the different. The problem is all of these main event fights have been going to decision, so it's it's painful. But I, I, I think it's his time. I, I, I think it could happen. I really do. But if you want a safe betting pick, I agree with you. I think that Adesanya. If you want to parlay him to make the burden a little less. Uh, you can parlay him with Reyes, or I agree, Kai Car France should uh, handle Brandon Roy Val very easily. Roy Val made his first fight um, earlier this, I think, in the spring against Tim Elliott and barely survived. And yeah, that I think he's a little bit of a scrub personally. So um, I'm I'm with you. Nice. Uh, well, one listen. more fighter to watch. Oh, yeah. Um, and this is directed mainly at the charity stripe guys. You might not know this name. Um, Diego Sanchez was the winner of the Ultimate Fighter One. He is easily the craziest man on planet Earth. This is a guy at 3 a.m. in the Vegas airports doing Tai Chi, like, by himself, like, at, like, at a gate. Um, he says a bunch of crazy shit. He's a plus 400 dog against Jake Matthews, a much younger fighter. Diego Sanchez is a guy who will stand in front of you and yell. He's just a madman. So, I'm put him on the main card. Like, looking at this main card, I am surprised they did not find a spot for, for that Sanchez fight on the, on the main card. Um, because the other the other fights are lacking a little bit, in my opinion. Um, you know, when you're having people pay you know, sixty plus dollars, you know, you really should be able to provide a little bit more entertainment. Uh, Kim Dawadu is a, a big up and coming fighter who's on the main card, but the rest of it is lacking a little bit. So I, I agree, having like a showman like Sanchez on there, I think would have elevated it a little bit. Sounds like a Diego we know. One of our friends out in Los Angeles is also named Diego, and he's also off his rocker, but in the best way possible, the kind of guy that would stand in front of you and yell and do something weird in the airport at 3 a.m. Just must, must, run, must run in the name. Uh, and, Jonah, you're, very, you're learning very quickly on the charity strife. Your nuts are your, your most prized possession, and that's what you got to risk I, I with your picks. I, I, I couldn't remember what I could do, but if you, if you give me the go-ahead, it's, it's going to happen. So. Yeah. No, Josh usually puts his nuts I, on the table and offers purposes, to cut them off on Facebook purposes, Live. For betting purposes, I'm going to put my nuts on the table for if there was a gun to my head, I would be taking it on Sonny Bush. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I usually, if I'm going to bet something or promise something, I think my biggest bet was I said I would cut my nuts off on Facebook Live if Xavier two years ago made it to the Final Four when they were like the two seed in the March Madness bracket. I think it was the first year. It was our first March Madness we ever covered. Um, and that was like my – so right now your nuts are on the table. Mm, a couple is, that more. The team that, is that the team that did make it with um, – no. no, they got no. bounced. They got the bounced early. Round. Yeah, they got pieced in the yeah. second round. I was so confident. Listen, I don't bet my nuts on – I wouldn't like I wouldn't bet my nuts on Facebook Live in this fight. Like I bet my nuts. I'm, I'm thinking I'm almost super confident I'm going to win. 
You, you know? also thought Virginia was going to win that year, and they got bounced in the first round. Nut, nut stayed in my pants on that one, though. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, was, I was chilling there. Uh, gents, uh, excellent stuff as always. Thank you guys for joining us so much. We'll have you back for 254. Um, and, yeah, to the fans out there, drag both feet inbounds, swing on a full count, rip that puck, hit that putt, hit your PKs because they're free, and hit your free throws. Why, guys? Because they're free. free. We out ya. <laughs> we love ya. Pod on Twitter. <laughs> we sitting here. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. Clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History puddle. Back. Gives it to Jenkins for the championship. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Bases loaded. Two out.